gone, he asked me to uh, preach this morning. A lot of times when, whenever I'm asked to preach, it's not a normal thing that I do. So I have some sort of stress dream the night before um, <laughs> where you all show up and then slowly just begin to leave as, uh, as I talk. And that often happens. Last night I slept all right. So hopefully the dream doesn't come reality. And uh, you guys just start leaving one by one. Um, we've been in this whole series called Directions. And this is very much a January, beginning of the year series. And Dale has been taking us through a Mary Oliver poem. And the Mary Oliver poem is incredible at what she gets to with just six words. And uh, the, the, the poem begins like this, says, Instructions for life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell someone. Just in those six words, it's like, oh, yes. Like that gets to the heart of life right there. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell someone. And so that's where Dale has been going. And each week he's been looking at one of those lines. We're actually going to take a step back from that poem this week. Dale said, hey, as I'm, as I'm leaving, would you um, share with the folks at Wildflower what you and Bettany have been doing? My wife, Bettany, and I um, started the new year and, and we had this idea of something we wanted to try. And, uh, and he said, so, so make the reality of that last line of the poem, tell someone. That's what you're going to be doing uh, is just sharing things that, that are going on in Bettany and I's life. And um, let me put it this way. My wife and I are, are kind of themed crazy. Like we love themes. And so we love theme parties. We love themed holidays. And, and we even like take on themes for the month. And we say, okay, this is going to be what centers some of the things that we do with our kids. And um, it's just our way of saying, how do we, how do we make sense of, of all the craziness of what's going on day to day? And so we chose this theme, clearing. And, uh, and let me just begin this idea with a story. Last spring, my family and I went on our very first family vacation. And uh, we have three little girls, little daughters. And so I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. And uh, so we didn't want to travel far. Uh, because, I, I, like, you know, how many of you remember wonderful family vacations like going, and then how many of you remember like really terrible ones too? Like, like it's like this thing could go really poorly. Like if like one of them gets sick and then we pay for a hotel room and then we're all sick together in the hotel room. Like, like that could be our vacation. And so I was just like, oh dear Lord, like let this go well. And so we went to Glenwood Springs. Didn't want to travel far, but we took a train. We went to Glenwood Springs, took a train, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. We went to like this Canyonlands Adventure Park. Um, we had wonderful tacos that we kept going back to the same place and buying the same tacos. It was, it was this really wonderful time. On the way home, on the way home on the train, we decided, hey, we got a little bit of budget money left for this. Um, let's go to the dining car of the train to eat. How many of you have had this experience before? Like, and you know, the food is awful. Like, like, like it is like you're paying $30 for a tough steak and powdered mashed potatoes. Like you're paying for the experience is what you're paying for. And, and so my oldest daughter, Lucy, had a loose tooth. 
And she had been talking about this loose tooth like for a month. She'd been maybe talking about losing her teeth for three years. Uh, like half of her life she'd spent like, like when I lose my teeth, daddy, it's going to be so amazing and it's going to happen this, and I'm going to be all grown up. And, and so we are in this dining car having, having a, an experience, a wonderful meal, and Lucy loses her first tooth. Like, like it, it, it falls out. You know, you get the little like nasty remnants of blood. And like, and she's like, she's like, ah! and, and like, I kid you not, in 10 minutes, all 35 passengers that were eating their dinner that night knew about my daughter's first lost tooth. She went up to every single one. It's like, it's like, do you want to see my tooth? Oh my gosh, look at it. Look at it. Look at the bleeding gums. And then like, and, and, and like, oh my gosh, I was just waiting for so long and now it just finally happened. And like, there was so much excitement. They treated her like a celebrity. I don't know where my daughter gets it, but she likes to be on stage <laughs> and likes to be center of attention a little bit. And, and, so, and so my daughter is like, like sharing this story with everyone she can. And like, it was so memorable, so magical. It was, it was really quite beautiful. And uh, this brings, to, brings me to this point here. Um, why do we celebrate losing teeth? Like, why do we celebrate it's, it's really, it's nothing there. Like, like it's a loss, isn't it? Like, like it's kind of like this painful thing that sometimes you tie a string and do the rocket ship or whatever. Like, this is, this is like not something that, that, you know, should be celebrated. You're just losing something. And the answer is obvious. We celebrate this and we create these wonderful stories of, have you got tooth fairies coming and all these things? We, we, we celebrate this because with the loss, there comes new growth. The loss actually makes way for something more you, more truly who you are meant to be. Through the clearing, there is something beautiful so that something more can come in. So this idea of, of clearing, subtraction, this idea of creating space. Uh, there's a scripture verse that we're going to be centered in for this whole talk. And it's very, very simple. Uh, Jesus is teaching to his disciples. And, and this is one of those lines that they felt like was so important. They wanted to write it down so you could have it. And it's this. It's from John 15. He says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he, produce, or he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. He cuts off the branches of mine that don't produce fruit. He, Jesus is saying we have this symbiotic relationship where you come to me and you'll be a part of me. It's almost like a branch getting grafted in and you'll receive life. And, and God will, will cut off those branches that don't produce fruit. And those ones that do, he's going to subtract things, clear things, some of the dead wood so that more fruit can come. There is the story behind a famous sculpture. In 1501, uh, this young artist was introduced to a huge piece of marble. Beautiful white marble, so expensive to import this in. About 40 years earlier, a sculptor had been working on fashioning a statue of David and had only gotten as far as cutting out the hole between legs and then um, he passed away. And so this young artist, Michelangelo, was invited to this Florentine churchyard to start working on this huge block of marble and starts cutting away this precious stone and carving it and carving it and subtracting things. And finally, we end up with what's known as one of the most spectacular works of art known today, the Statue of David. And upon completing this 
peace, Michelangelo says, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. I saw the angel in the marble and I simply carved until I set him free. The loss really isn't a loss. Strangely enough, it's, it's something to be celebrated. The subtraction is what makes that marble come alive. I feel like that was preaching. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen? Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a Catholic teacher named Richard Rohr, and he says that all great spirituality is about letting go. All great spirituality is about letting go. It's when we give ourselves that space to begin to reduce, to begin to become who we're meant to be. That's actually where great growth and spirituality is found. Now, this is actually counterintuitive to who we are and where we've come from as human beings. We, let's, let's go back way 10,000 plus years. We come from a world of scarcity and threat. And so in order to survive, things were written within our DNA in order to survive. Um, we had to hoard whenever we could, eat whenever we could, have indiscriminate sex. We would band together. Um, there was all of these ways of doing things. And this was actually how our human body was wired. And so as we evolved in this world of scarcity and threat, this would have actually been good things to have. This would have increased your fitness in the world. But here's the thing. Our story has evolved. This was made maybe great for us 10,000 years ago. And yet God kept pulling us and pushing us into better places. And now, our, as our story has evolved, we see that some of the worst kinds of traits to have are those that are just centered into our natural compulsions, right? Greed, this, this, this wanting to hoard everything, lust, pride, and the need to dominate and have power over other people. These are actually people that, that make it very hard for me to be around when they have these kinds of things raging in their DNA and who they are. And it's actually a step towards all great spirituality when we say, I am going to let go of that greed. I'm actually going to let go of those lusts. I'm going to let go of that wrath that I have for these people because back in the day, keeping a grudge would have helped you in survival. But today, today we're looking to be someone else. God is leading us into better places. Evolution has given us our physicality, um, but becoming alive, truly alive, often means shedding those natural inheritances like a cocoon and emerging as the beautiful human person you were created to be. Can I get another amen? Right? <laughs> this is not easy, but it is our calling. It's where we are hoping to go in this route within our lives. And so Benny and I, as we came into January, we were like, okay, how are we going to take on this idea of clearing subtraction? This big idea that we, we need to let some things go in order to, to start the year right. And um, our answer for this was quite unspiritual, um, but yet it has a ton of spiritual implications for me. Um, the, the, the answer was, we have too much stuff and we need to get rid of it. And we were looking at our home 
And we were like, we were like, we have so much stuff piled up and so much things stored. And we've, we've tried to get the shelving in the basement and then the shelving, we bought more shelving for the garage. And then we have shelving now in the, in the guest bedroom. And it's like, we've got so much stuff. Do we need this? <laughs> do we really need this? Or do we need to stop the process of hoarding and do some shedding? And um, so... Benny had had this book suggested to her by lots of different people. And it's called this, The Life-Changing, the Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Oh man, I'm getting an amen. That's so great. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I saw the title and I thought, get me as far away from this book as possible. I don't want to read a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Ah, oh, that's terrible. I... I was a good husband and I read the book with my wife over Christmas break. And it was like, I like this, I like this. And so there's this process. I'm just gonna tell you a little bit of our own process in this. Um, the, the woman who wrote it is a Japanese author. So it's been translated and it's just blown up in the US. And she talks about, you don't wanna go to hot spots. You actually wanna gather and do categories. And then you're gonna take these things from different categories and hold on to it and ask the question, does this item spark joy within me? And, uh, and so the first thing we did was clothing. That's the number one category. She has you do something that I feel like has deep spiritual implications. She has you take clothing from every part of the house, from the garage, from the basement, from, from the laundry, from everything, and put it all in one room. Keep in mind, we're a family of five. This is like, this was torturous. This took us seven and a half hours. Uh, we, we, got, we got all of this, all the clothing and we put it in one room and you take a step back and you look and you're like, how wealthy are we? Right? Like, like I don't feel like I'm that wealthy as a human being. You can look at my bank account. I'm, I'm not shy. And, and like looking at these huge mounds, we have so much. We have so much. We have enough. And something clicks like in your brain. You're, you're like, wow, we should get rid of some things. And so my wife and I went through this process of holding on to certain items of clothing and she would hold on to baby clothes and be like, I'm not ready to get that. Get rid of that one. Be like, fine. And I, like, I, I felt this shirt and I was, I was like, this is a good shirt. I like these pants. I'm going to hold on to these pants. So now you guys get to see them. Uh, the, we go through this process and then we got rid of nine heavy trash bags worth of clothing and donated them. And then we did the process with books. And he said, do I love this book? And, and you'll be happy to know that the Bible made it on my shelf <laughs> along with all seven Harry Potters and, and around 30 other books. And, and, and that was all we kept. And we donated around 12 huge heavy boxes to Goodwill. Um, and we did, we've been doing this throughout January. And, and let me just say that there are spiritual implications that come with doing this physical act. Um, first off, I was getting worried that we were going to need to move to something bigger and upgrade. I was getting worried that, you know, I have this family of, of three little girls, my wife, um, you know, am I doing enough? Am I providing enough as a husband? And, and, and it was like this kind of like voice of like, am I just trying to keep up with the Joneses? You know, am I, am I buying into this American dream picture that I really don't love? Will I be happy with more stuff, a bigger house to house more of the things so that I have more shelving? And I, I walk in our house now and it feels huge. <laughs> 
Honestly, like, like I walk through our house now, it's like, we, we, we have way more than we need. We have ample things and we're gonna thrive in this space. And when compared to the rest of the world, we're in the top 2%. I mean, that's, that's fact. Um, we're in the top 2% of our wealth. And, and, and so to walk in and to, to feel that, it resonates. It, I have this tremendous sense of uh, thanksgiving and gratitude. The other thing that's, that's beautiful in, in coming through the space is um, to be surrounded by objects that do spark joy. There is something very beautiful um, about that. I, I will say it this way, and this is weird. I've, I've shared this with my wife. I, I said, I feel like I've lost 10 pounds spiritually, and I have no idea what I mean when I say that. <laughs> but like, it's just like I, I walk in the home, and it's like, this is, I want to be here. I want to thrive here. And, and like, I feel more comfortable bringing friends over to treat them to meals and be with them. And so this has somehow cleared something for me to be a more loving person who's following Christ. And so taking a step back from, this is something very personal that Betty and I did. Um, let's take a step back and look at that question. Where do I need to clear some things out? Where do I need to experience loss or subtraction? Where do I need to let things go? And this could be for you, the kind of accumulation of stuff that Betty and I have experienced. It could also be uh, issues of the past. Um, perhaps there's relationships and fights and, and things that like, it's like, have I really taken that first step forward in forgiving people or letting those issues go? Perhaps uh, you need to experience some sort of cutting away from, from your schedules. <laughs> you look at your schedules, you say, I'm, I'm just full to the gill with all these expectations and plans. And I see something like no one left behind that Becca's doing. And I want to do that, but how? And you have to sit down and look and say, it's time to strike some of these things and clear our schedule in order for something beautiful to happen. And perhaps it's uh, another real just physical thing. Perhaps it's your health. And you say to yourself, like, I wake up and my, my joints hurt. I think if I just lost five pounds or whatever, that that might help. Or perhaps it's like your budget. And you're looking at your budget and be like, we, we're full here. I'm, I'm saving this amount. We got this going. Where can I, I feel like I'm just building silos here. Where can I let go of some of that towards something that desperately needs it? Last, last picture that I want to give you all. Um, in Yellowstone National Park about 30 years ago, um, we had one of the worst wildflowers, wild fires. <laughs> One of the worst wildfires in, in history. And uh, around 800,000 acres burned. And you could see smoke from Wyoming uh, coming up into Canada from space. It was incredibly destructive. What had happened was we had the, the pine beetle that came through and killed all these trees. And so the practice with the, the forest rangers was they weren't going to clear out those, those dead trees. They were just going to leave them there. And as all that dead wood built up, a fire caught and erupted through everything. It was intensely destructive. When the fires had died out and everything had, had gotten to a place of safety, immediately people were taken who were taking care of the parks and different experts that came in. They were taken with what happened. And they said they've never seen anything like this. Wildflowers had burst forth throughout the entire park of Yellowstone. And it was one of the most beautiful sights they'd experienced. 
Because after the clearing out of all that dead wood, after the loss and subtraction, something beautiful was able to flourish. It's a bad sign if you and I aren't experiencing some sort of pruning in our lives. It hurts, it's difficult, kind of like a lost tooth that gets a little bit bloody sometimes. But it's a bad sign when we're not experiencing that kind of clearing. It's a bad sign when we don't feel the loss and subtraction at times. It's a brand new year. We've just celebrated a new king arriving in Jesus Christ. And perhaps you're like me and moving forward means reduction. Moving forward means removing dead memories, dead habits, dead attitudes so that I have space to grow. And it, it means carving away the old and emerging free.